Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, we are talking all about the new way that weddings are planned at Walt Disney World. My guest today is Sarah Fader, who is planning a vow renewal ceremony in Japan at Epcot and a reception at Tower of Terror. And she is going to share her experience with the group menu tasting and the planning process, how it's all been for her so far. And together, we are going to introduce you to the new way that they have been planning weddings at Walt Disney World. So welcome, Sarah. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Can you tell my listeners a little bit about the event you're planning? Yes. So it's going to be for our 21-year wedding anniversary. We had originally wanted to do it last year, which obviously really didn't happen. So we started out where we were going to do just like a dinner party, and I was going to do it at Tower of Terror. And so I started with the events planner, and then just how Disney works, I just snowballed. And so now I'm doing the the full ceremony and then the full reception. Through Disney's fairy tale weddings. Yes. Yep. That's awesome. Okay, great. This episode is going to cover the actual process of planning. I have another episode called How to Start Planning Your Disney World Wedding. And that takes an overall view of weddings at Walt Disney World, how much they cost, what the restrictions are, where you can have them, all the things you need to know when you're first interested in having a wedding or a vow renewal at Walt Disney World. This episode is going to focus specifically on the planning process through Disney. So if you're planning an event at the Swan and Dolphin or Paradise Cove, this would not apply to you because you don't have to plan it through Disney's fairy tale weddings. So if you want to learn more just overall about planning Disney weddings, again, there's that episode, How to Start Planning Your Disney World Wedding. And then chapter one of my fairy tale weddings guide has all of the pricing. It talks about how the event minimum and the food and beverage minimums work. All of that stuff is covered there. But let's start at the point in the process where you've decided Yes, we're going to do it. We're going to have a vow renewal or a wedding at Walt Disney World. What do we do? (laughs) Yeah. So we started in February, I think is when I decided that that was really what we were going to do. And then by March is when I had switched over to, to doing everything full. So I had gone from really mainly working with Diane in the events, and then she still wound up starting to do my planning. She still took that over when I switched over. Oh, interesting. Okay, great. So if you're just getting started, the first thing that you can do is call Disney at 321-939-4610 
or you can direct message them on Facebook to let them know you're interested. Now, they like you to reach out within a 16-month timeline of the date that you are interested in. So what happens at 16 months is they do what's called penciling in, which just means they take down your information and they note that you are interested in those venues and that time and that day of the week, but you can't actually book your event until 12 or 10 months out. And that depends on what type of event you're having. So if you're just doing a ceremony or you're doing a ceremony and a two hour celebration, you can book that at 10 months out. If you're doing a ceremony with a three hour or longer reception, so a full reception, that you can book at 12 months out. And the book and the podcast episode explain the differences between these two things, but basically a celebration is two hours or less, a full reception is three hours or more, and a full reception has higher food and beverage minimums that you have to meet. Once you have called them, the sales associate who took the call is going to pass your basic info on to a wedding consultant. This is the sales consultant who will handle all of the money side of your event, so the contract and everything that's in the contract, like what locations you want and the time and date, everything that needs to go into that contract. The wedding consultant will prepare it Disney calls it a letter of agreement. It's a contract, an LOA. You'll see people in the Facebook groups referring to it as an LOA. So the letter of agreement gets sent back to you and you sign it. At the same time, you put down your deposit and the deposit is going to vary depending on the cost of your wedding. So if it's going to cost $10,000 or less, you only have to put down $2,000. And if it's going to cost more than $10,000, you have to put down $4,000. And all the intricacies of the deposit, how much they hold, how much you get back, that's all in chapter one of the Fairy Tale Weddings Guide. So you send back your deposit, you sign the letter of agreement. If you're going to do a room block, which is an option Disney gives you to set aside a certain number of room nights for your guests, and I have a whole show on that because it is very complicated if you yeah. want to do that, that also has to be done at the same time as the letter of agreement. So again, you can read about that in chapter one of the guide. You can listen to the podcast episode, or you may decide you don't need to do a room block at all. Sarah, are you going to add a room block? No, we didn't. Mainly because when we were going to do the event, everybody booked their DVC like huh. immediately. So we there wasn't a need to have a room block. Yeah. And for a lot of people, that is the case, or they just find that they get better prices going through a travel agent or booking with yes. Disney directly. So, but if you do want to do a room block, that's something that you'll have to figure out before you're able to sign the LOA and put down your deposit. So once that's happened, the next step is that within about two weeks, and it could be the next day, it could be two weeks or two and a half weeks or three weeks later, your wedding consultant will send you a planning kit. And this is used as an outline for the phone planning session that you will have later on. You do not have to fill it all out. It's just to capture the information that you do know, the things you know you want already, put them in the planning kit, and you're going to use that later. So between the point where you sign the letter of agreement until about six months, five months, six months out from your date, you will not have a specific assigned event manager. The event manager is the person who takes over from the wedding consultant and they handle all of the actual details of your day. They do all of the fun stuff like the flowers and the decor and are you going to use Cinderella's glass coach and all of that stuff. But you are not going to get one until at least six months out and it could be five months out. 
In the meantime, the entire event manager team is going to be responding to your questions tag team style. So this is a new way that they are doing things over at Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings. So when you have a question, you send it to an email address they will give you, and I will give it to you here if you want to write it down. It's www.dftw, Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings, dot planner at disney.com. And you need to put the reference number from your letter of agreement in the subject line. That way, any event manager can answer your email and they'll know who they're talking to and they can look up your event and see, you know, things that they need to know about your event when you're asking them questions. You also, in this window until about six months out, will be able to set up your phone or Zoom planning session. So sometimes they say things like, you know, oh, we'll let you know when it's time. And then they never call you back. So... I would keep an eye on this about six months out, start writing to that email and asking them when you can schedule your planning session. In the interim, usually at this point, you would be doing a site visit. Disney has completely stopped site visits since COVID-19, but you can see most of these places on your own. So if you happen to be going to Disney before your wedding or your vow renewal, you can get into any outdoor location, any restaurant that is open while it is open, and any ballroom that is not being used by another event, you can go see those on your own. And then some of the places that are at the resorts, but maybe they're locked, like the Attic at Boardwalk Inn or Ariel's at Yacht and Beach Club, if you can find a friendly cast member and you tell them that you're planning to have your wedding there, dollars to donuts, they are going to take you over there and open the door for you if it's not already unlocked. The places that you'll have more trouble getting into, they've started locking the wedding pavilion, unfortunately. So if you go over to Frank's Bridal Studio, which unfortunately is shuttered right now, but if somebody happens to be there, they might be able to let you in. And then the other place you're not going to be able to go into are the VIP lounges inside the parks. So those you would have to be escorted in. And unfortunately, right now they're not doing that. But there are tons of photos of all of these locations on fairytaleweddingsguide.com. And then I have a photo of each location in the book next to the venue description too. Sarah, did you guys do any kind of a site visit? We've been so many times that we then and we knew kind of where we wanted to have our events. Um, but we did before I knew exactly where I wanted to switch. Cause they tried to give me Norway for my rain backup for Epcot. Oh boy. And I was like, mm, that's not really what I'm going for. So we did, we just happened to be going down there. So I did, I went to like the China pavilion and took different pictures and stuff like that. I took several different trips along with a friend of mine who took several trips to see and monitor how harmonious was looking for the Japan pavilion because we were debating on which like pagoda we wanted to do it in. I originally wanted and I know it's it's called something specific, but it's the red one that brings out Spaceship Earth. That's what I had wanted, but with the new fireworks display and it being there, we switched it over to the to the blue one, to the main pagoda. But we did, we kept taking different visits and seeing, you know, how that was working out. And then we did also stop over to the courtyard because I wasn't exactly positive. Like I had seen all of your pictures and I, I still couldn't picture where the courtyard exactly was for Tower of Terror. So we took different pictures there. We had actually been to the wedding pavilion before and had been able to, like, they let us sneak 
in and I felt kind of bad because it, it was a wedding day, but they were like, you can pop your head in. So we just popped our head in and saw and, and stuff like that. So we did what on a certain trip wandered around and saw all of the outside ones. Cause I had debated the Marina at the grand Floridian too. So we went and looked at that and, and stuff like that. So not specific site visits, but when we were on trips, we hit certain locations to make sure that that was exactly, you know, where we wanted it to go. That's great. What room did you end up requesting as your rain backup? The China Pavilion. Oh, that's And we great. got that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is something that I also cover in the book, but there are no pre-assigned rain backup locations yes. for any place. So a few months before your wedding, maybe a month before your wedding, they will try to assign you one. And usually it's a ballroom someplace, but you can put in requests. And if possible, they will attempt to honor them. You just can't be guaranteed. So definitely, if you don't like the idea of a contemporary ballroom as a backup for Luau Point, tell them you would love to use Trader Sam's if it's available, something like that. Yes. Okay, great. So about six months out, maybe five months, you will get to have your virtual planning session. So these used to be done in person at Franks, which was amazing, but apparently they stopped doing them even before COVID-19. And it looks like this is going to be the new way that they do planning for Walt Disney World weddings. So again, the planning kit that you filled out, that is the outline of how your session is going to go. And your wedding event manager will fill in the blanks during the session by walking you through the entire day from start to finish. One thing to know is that they are not going to have most prices. So anything that you're curious about or that you think you might want, ask them to look it up and put it in the BEO that you're going to get after the planning session. The BEO is the banquet event order and it is the Bible of your day. We'll talk about that more in a second. But at the session, just tell them the things that you want to know the pricing about, and then they will get back to you with the pricing. But don't expect to come away from the planning session knowing exactly how much everything's going to cost. And also, it is okay to ask them what you can get within X budget. This works best with floral and decor, which is a separate session we're going to talk about. But even with food, you can say, hey, we want to stick to the $140 per person food and beverage minimum, and we're going to have a bar package that's $30 per person, and we're going to have a cake that's $10 per person. So what can we get for $100 per person that fits our Polynesian theme or whatever? And they can go to the chef at the venue where your reception is and have them draw up a menu, and then you can work on tweaking that menu and that way you can stay within your exact budget. So don't assume that just because it's Disney, you have to spend a bazillion dollars or that everything's going to yes. cost the earth. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> the floral was actually great with that. They have been the most like understanding about the budget and me not wanting to have a ton of actual floral. And so I told them how much I wanted to spend and they literally came in $10 under. That's fantastic. Yeah. And gave me the look that I wanted. So I was like, Yay, you. You're my favorite. <laughs> so yeah, you'll have a separate planning session with your floral coordinator. If you're using Disney for floral and decor, you don't have to use Disney for your personal floral, which would be bouquets and boutonnieres and things that people wear. You do have to use Disney for floral and decor if you are inside well, basically, if you're any place but in a ballroom, because if you're outside at the resorts or you're inside at a park, they're going to make you use Disney. So you would have a separate floral planning session. Sarah, did you have yours on Zoom or was that over the phone? So the floral was over the phone. My planning session was a Zoom call. 
Got it. Okay. And so of course, if you're on the phone, you can't really do this, but like for your planning session, if you are doing Zoom, it really helps to have a PowerPoint or your Pinterest boards or something that you can share with Disney so that you can talk through it together and you're on the same page. But also remember that nothing you decide in the planning session is set in stone. You could change it all later. In fact, I just interviewed a bride who she said nothing that they talked about, nothing that went into her first BEO actually ended up being <laughs> what was at their final wedding. So don't feel stressed out about, you know, this is my one shot. <laughs> Sarah, can you tell my listeners a little bit about how your Zoom planning session went? Yeah, so I had mine with Jamie and she was great. And I actually got to meet her at the in-person planning that we did, that showcase type planning session. So that was nice to be able to meet her. But yeah, the planning session, the Zoom, I had sent her over my Pinterest and I have my white binder that I'm planning everything with. And of course, I forgot that at home. And so I had very like rushed notes that I was like, okay, this I have to cover. And we went over that. And then she went over the planning kit that I had sent in and hit all of the main points. And that was really all that we needed to make sure that was done. Because those were the main points. Because we knew that she could get me pricing for the random things that were popping into my, my head as we were talking and the things off of my Pinterest board and stuff like that. So I wasn't overly stressed out that I didn't have my white binder there with everything that I had bullet pointed out. And I want to say it was about a two hour session. It was a little bit longer than what I had thought it was going to be, but we went over everything from beginning to end. She had given me a couple of ideas that I didn't even know about, but again, she didn't know the pricing for it. She had given me a rough estimate for what she thought it was something would cost when I got the BEO was not that price. (laughs) (laughs) I took it. It was higher. (laughs) It was significantly higher. And so that was very quickly gut-wrenchingly removed because I was super excited about it. It was the bellhop for Tower of Terror. And it would have been like, she described it like a major Domo character. So they would be doing the toasts and welcoming us and all of that sort of stuff. And I was like, beyond excited. But when she said major domo, I knew how much that that was according to your book. And then I got the BEO and it was $2,500 or $2,750. It was something like that. It was significantly more. And I was like, um, I thought major domo was a lot less. And they're like, yeah, no, we checked with the parks and that's how much it is. And I was like, okay, that unfortunately has to go. But again, it wasn't even anything that I even knew about. So I couldn't have been heartbroken that I didn't have it, you know, but they are really good at being able to break down everything, give you ideas that you might not have even known about or tell you what can and cannot happen there. So I thought it was very helpful. I really enjoyed the Zoom call with her. That's fantastic. And yeah, the length of the call is definitely going to vary. Back in the days of the in-person planning sessions, they could last up to four hours, but it really depends on the complexity of your event. If your event is just, you know, a little thing with a cake and champagne, you could be done in less than an hour. Don't worry about it. They've booked out enough time to talk to you and you can have more than one call with them if you need to, if they have time. They're very, very busy right now. (laughs) But uh, yes, Again, don't stress out if you don't get everything out in your planning session. Mm -hmm. 
So then after the planning session, an event manager is going to draw up that banquet event order that we talked about, the BEO. Right now they are so short staffed that they actually have one event manager doing all of the BEOs. I don't know if this is going to continue. Maybe as they bring back more people, they will be able to go back to the old way where your actual event manager did your BEO. But right now you might have somebody different drawing up your banquet event order, even different than the person you had your planning session with. When you get it back, review it very carefully because everything that you want to have happen must be in the BEO or it will not happen. That said, do not worry if the first BEO is way off base, if your names are misspelled, if half the things you talked about aren't in there, you have plenty of drafts to go back and forth with to get it right. So just make sure that you go over it with a fine tooth comb. You can just mark it up with red pen if you see a misspelling or if you see something that they maybe misunderstood when you were talking about it, mark it up, send it back to them. They'll send you another draft, keep checking the drafts. Just make sure that the last draft before your event has everything you want in it. And I would say also, don't be afraid to say something. Like I was super confused over why they knew that they were having to pick us up at Old Key West, but it said that the transportation was starting at the Grand Floridian. And I was like super stressed. I'm like, why is it even saying that, that like nothing for the Grand Floridian should be mentioned on there at all? And they said that that's just their standard at the beginning. That's just how the standard is. So, but they were, you know, very nice. They explained it and I was like, oh, okay. Like that makes sense. Don't be afraid to say, well, why is this like this? They'll explain it to you. They get asked it, I'm sure, thousands of times. So Yeah, that's a great point because the BEO, they're a little bit easier to understand now than they have been in the past. But this is basically like a technical document that really mm -hmm. only a Disney's fairy tale wedding event manager or a wedding consultant knows how to read. And so there is stuff in there that's, it means something to them. It's codes that they all understand, but you might right. be like, what the heck is this? So it's not super user-friendly. And they also send with it a price list that breaks everything out by line, shows the tax, shows the service charge, all of that. And that can be easier to read because you're just seeing exactly what pertains to your wedding and not all these little notes for different people who are working behind the scenes on your wedding. Yes, I went straight to that. <laughs> <laughs> I went straight to that because that was much easier for me to read. My friend who has had a vow renewal there as well, she went straight to the super complicated one and was trying to, and I was like, no, I need straight numbers. Like I need to, I need to see this first and then we can try to break down all of what seems like a foreign language to me. So yes, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so then between about five months out and about two months out, you will probably get a different event manager who's going to handle the details of your day up to, but not including the actual day. Also during this time, you will, if you are having an event that has a three hour or longer reception, you will be invited to a group menu tasting. So they used to do this thing where you just scheduled a menu tasting and you and three other people went to the kitchen at Epcot and you got to try all the food for your wedding and it was amazing. They cannot do those anymore due to COVID or money or staffing or something. So what they're doing now are these group menu tastings that function a lot like the special extra ticket events that they have at the bridal showcases where you can pay, you know, 70 bucks extra or whatever. And you go into a ballroom with a bunch of other people and you, you sit down at tables that are decorated like at a wedding and you get to try a preset menu of food. So 
Again, it's invite only. Your event manager will reach out to you about two months before your date. So if you're getting married in February and you haven't heard yet, it's because you're not close enough. They will let you bring up to four people total, including yourself and your partner. So far, they've been holding two of them per month, and they are on Saturdays. They might change this. This is all very new to them, but that's the way it's been working so far. So you have two choices. Usually you have two dates you can choose from. They're both on Saturdays. And again, these are only for events that are having a reception of three hours or longer. So if you are just doing a ceremony, you probably don't need one. If you're doing a ceremony and a celebration, they are not going to invite you to the group menu tasting, unfortunately. And because it's a group event, they preset the menu. So you can't request to try dishes like in the past, but they try to do popular dishes or things that they are excited to introduce. And if you have dietary restrictions, they totally help you with that. So don't worry if you are vegan or you have an allergy, you just let them know and they will work with you on that. But you can't say, hey, I want to try the cheddar cheese soup from Canada or whatever. It's going to be what the chef decides it's going to be. Can you talk a little bit, Sarah, about your experience at the group menu tasting? Yes. So we got two offerings and for dates and one just happened to be on a trip that we randomly last minute booked and it was over Labor Day weekend and it was the first one that they were doing. In the morning, they were offering an open house to Franks and the wedding pavilion. We didn't go to that mainly because we didn't really need to. That wasn't where our events or anything like that were. So we did other things in the morning. The tasting started at two or two thirty. So we were, we just, you know, rode that we were at Hollywood studios for the day. So we just rode the bus over to the grand Floridian and waited. And then they checked us all in and we walked in and they had, I, I would say that we were probably maybe 50 to 75 people max, probably there. It was set for a lot more people. So I'm not sure if they were just that they just spread out everybody like that. But I think each table was set for 10. And then you would walk in and they had I'm not sure if it's how their normal photo booth is that they normally offer. But this was a quote unquote new kind of photo booth that they were doing. So it was just set up on their table and you could pick whichever kind of background that you wanted. They had five different backgrounds. So like one of the park and then a Disney fairy tale weddings logo that you could pick from. I think almost everybody picked magic kingdom. I don't think (laughs) I heard anybody else pick a different one. So then you would get your picture and then you could go and sit down and they, each table had a little bit different centerpieces so that you could, you know, see a, a variation. And then they did have two tables that were fully upgraded tables. So that way you could see, the glitter sparkle tablecloths because the the main ones were the white standard tablecloths so you could see that with their name plates that were cut out you know so it was much more okay so this is what you can get upgrades and stuff like that and then they had a table of favors you know so like it was chocolate covered strawberries rice krispie treats you know different ones that, that when you're doing your planning session in your floral that that you can go over and you can pick out which ones that you want and then the wine connoisseur he told you what two wines because you had a red and a white that were on the on your table so he went over a little bit of those 
and then they introduced all of the chefs. And I want to say that they had seven chefs there along with the pastry chef. And then they kind of, you know, broke down what you were going to have along with the menu cards and stuff like that that were on your table. You also had all of the wedding planners were there. So constantly people were coming up and sitting down and talking to you, whether it was your actual planner, who we met two of our planners um, that day. And then there was another one that, but they all had your BEOs. Everybody that was at the table, they all had your BEOs. So they could go over and ask you specifically questions about it. If you wanted anything noted on your BEO right then and there, they could do it. So that way then when you would leave, they could update your BEO. So I really liked that. Like it was right on the spot. Okay. I wanted, like, I wanted to make sure that we had a specific wine because we really liked it there. And so they were able to note it. I could ask them questions about making sure that the background music for Tower of Terror was playing during our reception because we're not having any additional, like we're not having a DJ or anything like that. So they made a note right on my BEO at the table to make sure that that was there. The chefs all came around to our table. I believe that they are the chefs that are going to be doing your event because they different ones went to different tables. And they spent a significant amount of time going over your food. And if you had any questions, that was one of the things that my husband enjoyed the most was being able to actually talk to the chef. I had a question because my son is getting, just my son, is getting the frothy ramen from Japan. It's like his most favorite food and wine snack that he gets. So I'm having him have that as a special treat. And so the chef was able to tell me, okay, if you want it to be plated at 11.52, we will make a note that it will be brought out at 11.52, like exactly when it will be done. I wanted to know like how they would be removing the chargers. Like, so that way our menu cards could be displayed as long as possible. And so he was able to go over all of that. So everything was very... Like they took their time and I really appreciated that. The other couple, because there was only one other couple at our table, they were uh, also having a Tower of Terror event in October. So my guess is that they, they try to have similar events and similar timing at the same tables. So that way you can discuss what you're doing, what they're doing, and we were able to say, you know, different songs, all of that. And that was very nice. Like, I enjoyed that much more than probably doing just a one-on-one tasting. I wouldn't have gotten to have that experience of, oh, well, you know what? That's a really good idea. And I like that, but we wouldn't do it that way kind of kind of thing. And then the violinist, he went around, um, and I feel terrible because I cannot remember his name. Rob Kerr. <laughs> That's what, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Amazing. And my husband is a musician and has been a professional musician since he was 13 and he could not get enough of him. Like videoed him, like he just loved him. His, his talent was amazing. Being able to, like our table stumped him for every song. <laughs> And so he just pulled out his phone, listened to it for about 15 seconds, and then was able to play it. 
it was it was amazing. And then the food was a, a whole array of different kinds of food. So everything from like appetizers to main foods to Mickey waffles, you know, with whipped cream and maple syrup. And then you could kind of tell because we're doing a plated dinner and you could tell kind of what was geared more towards plated versus like buffet style food and stuff like that. And so that you could get like a, a wide range of, okay, I really like this. This would work well for a buffet. This would work really well for a plated. And they are really into cream puffs right now. That is their <laughs> new thing. That is their, they said that they are trying to phase out cupcakes and they were trying to think of what would be the next wave besides cupcakes. And they settled on cream puffs. And I can't argue with them. Their cream puffs. Okay, so their food in general was so good. Their their cauliflower lasagna, I couldn't eat enough of. But their cream puffs, we snuck four out. So that way we could <laughs> give them to our son who couldn't go. <laughs> the, the, and there, it was the Chiro cream puffs and we wound up adding them. Mind you, my menu has been set since like March. There's been no deviation. And then we had the cream puffs and I immediately said, okay, we're adding the cream puffs. And they had different flavors and the churro just one hands down. That's awesome. Well, this actually sounds great because on the face of it, it sounds like you're getting less. You're not getting to do a personalized menu tasting. But I love this idea that it's really like a mini planning session in person where you actually yes. get to meet your planner, you can ask questions, you get to see some decor. It sounds like a really great sort of intensive, you know, couple hour way to plan in person at Disney that they figured out how to do with all the COVID restrictions and not being able to do one-on-one -on -one meetings. So I'm so glad to hear that it's such a useful event. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. And it was really like a, because I had no idea that they were even thinking of doing this. And so when I got the email, I just happened to mention it to my husband. And I was like, hey, do you want to do this? And he was like, sure, why not? It's something different for us to do on our trip. And I was like, okay, went in with like no expectations at all, and was thoroughly pleased. It was it was a great afternoon. That's wonderful. Okay, so then the last aspect of planning that what they used to do was at the end of your in-person planning session, they would bring out this little tray with your cake tasting choices on it. And it would have, you know, a certain number of little fillings and little pieces of cake and you'd get to sit there and try it. And of course, they can't do that now because they're not doing the in-person planning. But what they have now is actually pretty cool. You can pick up a cake tasting kit at the Grand Floridian Resort. So if you have already signed your letter of agreement, you get to do this for free and you just tell your wedding consultant and they help you set it up. Otherwise, anybody can order a cake tasting kit by paying for it. It's $25 plus tax. You call Grand Floridian Private Dining at 407-824-2474. And they have a little, I think it's option two, you leave your information. They have you choose four cake flavors and five fillings. And don't waste any of your five filling slots on vanilla buttercream because they include that for free as a sixth filling. So they have a little sheet that your sales consultant might send you that has flavors that you can select from, but Disney has a million bazillion other flavors besides this. So I have been 
cataloging them for the past 12 years. You can see them in my book in chapter four that I have a list of them. They're also on my website on the cake styles and pricing page at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. So you can use that as a guideline when you're requesting your flavors. You can also just request something that you love that isn't on the list and see if they can do it. Now what they might say is, well, we can't get you a sample of that for tasting, but we can do it for the day of your event. I've never heard anybody complain about Disney's wedding cake, so I think you can feel confident that if you ask for something that's not on the list and they say they can do it, it's going to taste amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Did you guys do a cake tasting when you were down there? So we did on another random trip. So there's a theme. We randomly decide that we're going to go and then things just happen to work out. So (laughs) we had a, a trip planned in April very last minute. And I just happened to see on the board that somebody mentioned that they could do a cake tasting. I immediately emailed and they were like, okay, normally it's like two weeks out. And I think mine was like five days or something. It was like super, super last minute. They sent it over to me. I sent it back to them and had no problem. We went over to the Grand Floridian and picked it up and went back to our room at the Polynesian and just dug in. So, because originally we were going to go very basic, old school, and kind of do like a replica of our wedding cake, which was 21 years ago. And you just did chocolate, vanilla, and marble. Um, So we were like, "Who? how can you go wrong with that? Well, we would have gone terribly wrong because (laughs) we chose something like, and what we settled on was stuff that I was like, we're not going to like it, but who eats this? So let's, let's try it out. Well, we loved it so much that that's what we wound up settling on. So we settled on the lavender cake with, I want to say it was the the vanilla buttercream and then the French toast cake with the cream cheese filling. And because we're only doing three tiers because we don't, we're only having max 15 people. So we don't need to have a huge, a huge cake with lots and lots of flavors, but we loved that. When Actually, when we left the in-person menu tasting, I was like, oh, we should have gotten another cake tasting. He was like, didn't you just eat a bunch of cream puffs? And I'm like, yeah, but that's not the cake tasting. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And you can actually request if you're willing to pay, like you get one yeah. free. And then if you want more, if you're going back on another trip, if you want to order three at once, as long as you're willing to pay for them, they will get them set up for you. So. Great. Okay. So you have gone to the group menu tasting. You've had your Zoom planning session. You've done your cake tasting kit. What happens next? At about 60 days out, this used to be 90 days. Right now it's 60 days technically, but a lot of people are reporting that this is not happening. Your minimum balance or 75% of your food and beverage minimum, whichever is greater, that payment is due. So If you haven't heard anything, you can write to them. Do not stress out. If you haven't heard anything, it's 59 days, 50 days from your event. They need to send you either a link if you want to use credit card or the information for doing a bank transfer. And if they haven't sent it to you, that's on them. They're not going to cancel your wedding because you haven't paid your minimum balance because they haven't gotten you the information you need. So just know that right now, because they're so understaffed, it might not happen exactly at 60 days, but do not worry. Same thing goes for the final payment. Your final payment, which is basically everything else, you've already paid your minimum balance, but this is if you've, your wedding costs more than the minimum balance, then you need to make a final payment at 30 days out. Again, you might not get your link, 
or your bank transfer info right at 30 days out. But do not stress out because that is on them. They are not going to be upset with you. They're not going to cancel your wedding. You're not going to lose out on anything. You just have to be patient until they have time to get you the information that you need. Yeah, I haven't paid anything but my deposit. And today hit my 30 days. At 90 days for a week straight, I emailed every day (laughs) because I was like, I need to pay. I need to pay you. Take my money. Like, and they were like, okay, once, and then never sent me anything. And I'm like, okay, it'll come. 68, nothing. Not, and I'm just like, okay. So today, 30 days, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get that big, that big one. Everything is going to be due today. And I haven't gotten anything. I know <laughs> that it is Disney and they will get my money at some point. And that's just what I've had to, you know, let it go and be like, they'll take my money. If it's that day, they'll take my money. <laughs> if there's one thing Disney is good at, it's taking your money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so then you've, it's 30 days has passed. Your event is coming up. The day of your event is going to be handled by an experience team now, not your event manager. So you may not see your event manager or your sales consultant at your wedding or your vow renewal because they are now doing this thing where they have a whole team of people instead who are handling the event for you. So because of this, it is imperative that everything you want to have happen on your day is in that BEO because that is what they are using to coordinate your event. So as long as it's in the BEO and they're reading it, everything's going to go off without a hitch. So far, the couples I've interviewed who have had this new experience team have said that Things might have been a little rocky in the planning right up to the day of, but the actual day went great. So let's hope that that continues. Now, if you are listening to all this and you're like, this sounds really stressful. Uh, I thought that planning was going to be like, you know, sitting around with my girlfriends talking and drinking champagne and it was going to be really fun. That is not the way it works when you plan a Disney's fairy tale wedding. (laughs) It might be the way it works when you plan a wedding in the real world, but if you need a lot of hand-holding, you need instant or very quick or complete responses, a Disney's fairy tale wedding may not be for you right now. Hopefully things are going to get better. Hopefully they will start to bring back more staff so that they can actually handle the volume of events that they're doing. But if you can take it, if you are a relaxed planner or you just are able to tell yourself, you know, don't stress out, it's going to work out in the end, then in the end, you are going to love your Disney's fairy tale wedding. But just understand that it's not the touchy-feely planning experience that you might get if you went with a smaller venue. I haven't had, even though I've had, it's gone through several people because, you know, one went out on maternity leave. And so I had somebody else for about two months and now she's back from maternity. So it's gone to a few different people. I haven't had any super long non-responses. I don't think anything has been more than a week. Like, it's been pretty good, except for the payment. I would say within a couple of days. I just switched over my ride mix-in to Soren yesterday. They approved it in the morning and then told me that I needed to send them a picture of my dress bustled to get it approved. I sent it to them about 1.30, and by 2.15, they told me that the park had approved it. I was utterly amazed, first of all, that it came within an hour. But if you just, if you kind of bulk everything together and don't send a bunch of one-off emails, I 
found that that works a lot easier. They can respond to one email and get all of your answers done a lot easier. Yeah, that's a good point. And use bullet points so that all they have to do is put the answer below each question. If you have all of your questions in one running paragraph, they might miss some. So, yep. Okay, that's good to know. And if anybody's wondering why she had to send a picture of her dress, the park has to approve your dress for a ride mix-in, which a ride mix-in is where you pay a certain amount of money per person so that you can all be escorted onto a ride and you don't have to wait in line. But they have some restrictions. Like if you had a really long trailing gown, some of the rides can't accommodate that for safety reasons. So that's why she had to submit a picture of her dress. Okay, and then the other idea is you can hire a day of coordinator. Now, this only works if your events are at the resorts. You wouldn't be able to have an outside vendor working on your wedding or setting up if your event was inside a park. But even Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings is apparently recommending this now because with COVID, there are still some rules about what they're allowed to touch and put out and all that stuff. So if you do have somebody you can hire, especially if you're having an event in a ballroom, that might be a way to get that kind of one-on-one more personalized planning experience that you are expecting. Yeah, because I'm having menu cards at the reception and I have to have somebody put them out. But I do think it's a little funny. I, I don't know really what the word would be because they're taking stuff for our unity ceremony. They'll put that out for us, but they wouldn't put out her menu cards. I had to designate somebody to do that. Yeah. One thing you'll find with Disney is that none of this makes a lot of sense, especially the COVID related (laughs) rules. I mean, at the beginning, they were doing this thing where you had to wear a mask if you were outside, but you didn't have to wear a mask if you were inside, which is diametrically opposed to the actual CDC recommendations. It's just, there's a lot of weird stuff that you just have to go, okay, this is Disney. This is the way they're doing it. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And so then I am going to say that if you are more than six months out, I think that Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide and the various Disney bride groups on Facebook are going to be a great resource for you because if you're not working with a specific planner and Disney does not have time to answer all of your questions, many, many, many of them are answered by the guide and the rest can be answered by other couples who are going through the same thing right now. Now, of course, specific things like can I wear this dress on my ride mix-in? Only Disney is going to be able to tell you that. But if you think, hmm, I want to add a dessert party, how much is that going to cost? Or what would happen if I switched to this type of transportation or had four hours of transportation? All of those answers are in the fairy tale Weddings Guide. And that way you can get answers and feel like you're working on your wedding even when Disney isn't able to respond to you. Yes, your transportation chapter is the most worn out one, and I say that and I have digital copies of your book, <laughs> but that section is pro- is the one that I refer to the most because they've changed so much stuff and then they keep changing it and they keep changing it because we have such a small group. When I was first doing it, I was like, okay, let me do the vans. And they said, no, you have to do a full motor coach because of the capacity. Like we had to be so spread out. So I had to get a full motor coach and then they changed their COVID. So I went back to the book and I was like, okay, nope, I should be able to do the the vans. So I did, I was able to switch them to the vans, but then they put in the transportation coordinator and I was like, okay. So I kept eyeing your stuff and I was like, well, it looks like the mini coach is going to cost me the same amount. It literally was dollar for dollar, the same amount. 
as having two vans in the morning and two in the evening because I had to pay for their transportation coordinator. But now with their new updated ones, I didn't have to have that. So I could go down to the mini motor coach and get rid of the event coordinator and then just have one vehicle that we could all be on. And it was, it was just easier that way. But I was on your transportation stuff all the time. That was (laughs) my most used chapter for sure. I think (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome. And speaking of updates, I do have Disney's latest COVID policies on my website, fairytaleweddingsguide.com. And I do update them whenever they change things. They haven't changed things in a few weeks, but for a while there, things were changing weekly. So definitely keep checking that. Of course, your only your planner can tell you exactly what's going to be happening on the day of your wedding, but it'll give you an idea of what to expect. And I also update the fairy tale weddings guide whenever things have changed. So right now I'm working on a pretty significant update from all of the things as they've kind of come out of this stasis from the year of COVID, all of the things that are changing, I'm adding it all to the guide. And once you've bought the ebook version, you get updates for free. So when the new update comes out in a few weeks, you'll be able to just go back into your account, click to download the book again, and you'll have the latest version of the book with all of the updated pricing and all of the stuff we talked about today about the new way that planning works. It's all going to be in there. Yeah. I mean, everything has changed from just when we were starting. So I can only imagine when people were trying to plan their stuff last year because everything has changed, like you said, weekly or monthly. And it's going not backwards, but things, you know, have gone back. So like when we didn't have anything that we needed for masks, I very quickly thought, okay, maybe I'll switch back to doing the marina because we wouldn't have to wear masks outside. And then like a week later, the mask mandate came back. So I would definitely just continuously, you know, check to make sure that what you have that you want is still there for, you know, for exactly how you're wanting it to be. So I was just glad that I didn't switch it out of Epcot to something else. I do want to say for like, in regards to like our floral, I was much more what I didn't want versus what I wanted. That was like a big thing. I I didn't want to have their bouquets or anything like that. I already had them. I didn't want like the pearls and stuff like that hanging from the candelabras. I was very specific of what I didn't want. And they were just as happy with doing it that way versus me saying, I want X, Y, and Z. So however it works for you, they can, you know, work it with you. That's great advice. Well, Sarah, I think you've offered a lot of great tips and advice for anyone who is in the process of planning their wedding or their vow renewal at Walt Disney World. And I appreciate your taking the time. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. <laughs>